Joseph Jack wins it. Howard Beeline aims for the Irishman, John Allen. Coming back in an etymology, but Howard Beeline aim. What a thrill for Johnny Allen. He's won a group one. Hello listeners and welcome to another edition of our three unit series. Today, Salty and I were privileged enough to sit down with star Irish jockey John Allen and hear all about what it takes to go from unlicensed pony racing in North Cork to Cox Plate stardom and winning derbies for fun. It's a story like no other. He's an extremely humble guy. We hope you enjoy the yarn. Joined by John Allen on the Three Units podcast today. Johnny, thanks for your time. And uh, mate, we're, we're really looking forward to sitting down and hearing all about your unique and inspiring story. Yeah, how are you going, boys? Uh, good to be honest with us. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, thanks for being here, mate. Yeah, let's uh, kick off at the start, mate. Like, let's tell us tell us about where you hail from and, and uh, what's brought you to Australia. Yeah, um, yeah. so I'm originally from a place called Ireland. It's like little um, country town in the back arse of Ireland somewhere, but um, yeah, from County Cork, so uh, yeah, just grew up in a rural area. We're not from a farm or anything, but both my parents are from a farming background. Um, just got into, I suppose, ponies when I was young. My mother used to do a bit of teaching in pony club and stuff like that, so yeah, I've been sitting on horses since I've been old as I can remember anyhow. Nice. Was it always horse racing? There's Gaelic hurling football or pub fighting? Was yeah, it? Uh, no, I, I played a lot of sports as a kid. Um, I, I have a kind of couple of siblings around my same age, so I had a brother a year younger than me and a sister a year older, and my father actually used to have us playing every sport possible, really. We, we played um, Gaelic, um, football, everything, really. Um, I suppose growing up, it was more... Sister, my two sisters probably had more of an interest in the horses, really. They were more into the show jumping side, but um, kind of, I had a brother, actually. He was a year younger than me, and um, once we hit 11 or 12, he was better than me at everything else we played, so uh, <laughs> wow. maybe that turned me down. Um, Might be where the competitive instinct yeah, comes yeah, from yeah. now, mate. I might have turned my focus to the horses after that, but uh, once I was 12, 13, I actually got a, a job at a local trainer's just on weekends and, and, um, and um, kind of... After uh, weekends and holidays and that probably really spurred my interest in it from there yeah awesome hey you, you touched on pony club before and i did a little bit of research and is it called is it called flapping as well is that oh, what it's called or is this something different no no pony club is kind of what you do like all kids kind of do um, okay just riding yeah we kind of started when we were seven or eight but flapping is pony racing so that's you kind of uh-huh. It sounds into, like illegal street racing to me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ever, no, but it was great fun. Kind of, um, it was re- probably not as big as it w- was back when I was a kid, but um, kind of for three or four months of the summer, every weekend you'd go off and um, even though it was called pony racing, there was like open horse racing in it as well. So you kind of start off 12 to 13 to 14 to ponies and then there was open horse racing as well, just around the farmer's field somewhere. And it could be anywhere from kids from the age of... 12 to you know there were some adults competing in it but obviously if you had a jockey's license or anything like that you weren't allowed but um it was certainly a, an eye-opener anyhow not not too many rules so <laughs> what i'm gathering is there wasn't a lot of time spent in the steward's room or a steward's room <laughs> may not have existed in flapping no no, no not particularly but, um google the, ding, the dingle races or something like that it's um pretty, pretty, it's a good it, it was fun times yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was just going to say we got something similar to that here but they do it in dandenong 
And I race Nissan GTR. <laughs> if you lose, you get stabbed. So that sounds a bit better over there. Do you reckon it's an advantage compared to the apprentices here, like growing up with that competitive stuff? Probably get more street smart, definitely. Like you're, you're, you're really used to the hustle and bustle. And like there was a lot of good riders came out my time. Like there's the likes of Tom Queeley who rode Frankel was just before me. Like multiple champion jockeys have... Like a road against even when we were riding so on. Um, certainly was very competitive, so I think it just makes you that, that little bit street smart and um you're kind of ahead of the game when you get, get to the racetrack then. Yeah, so you were a jumps jockey back in Ireland and that's the home of jumps racing. What was the catalyst behind your move to Victoria? Yeah, so I suppose uh, as a kid, like where I'm from, you grew up dreaming of being a jump jockey. You don't like you don't be we didn't have much interest in probably flat racing or anything like that and if we ever went to the races at home, it was a parent of my father would go bring us to the races. We to be jump racing, we'd be going to watch. So I probably grew up dreaming of being a jump jockey, and I went down that path when I, when I was a kid. And um, yeah, I suppose look, I had good success originally, but things had quietened down probably my last couple of years at home, and just um, yeah, just kind of an interest in doing a bit of travel. I never came out here permanently. It was just. I think there was an ad on the paper, actually, one of the racing papers at home that advertised them for jump jockeys to come to Australia. So there was a few of us applied for it. And, um, yeah, just as uh, Matty Stewart always says, it came over me backpack looking for uh, <laughs> looking for work. But, uh, yeah, I kind of just came over for six months, rode a season here, done quite well. I, w- I went back home again for the jump season back home again, but um, kind of came out permanently then in 2012. Yeah, right. Yep. Did you have work lined up when you did come over, or or did you? Uh, is is that sto- or has that story got a bit of mayo on it around the backpack with no real job, or did you have a have a um, track work job lined up at a particular stable? Yeah, look, um, I actually obviously when I came here first, I started working for uh, Darren Weir, but it was um, John O'Connor's his name, a mm. man below in South Australia, and he was kind of involved in the jump racing that time, and he had organised. I think jobs for us, those two other blokes came over with me, but um, I think originally it was actually meant to go work for Kieran Maher was the story, and I think he rang up a week maybe before I arrived saying that he had no need for a rider at that time that he was full, so I think he kind of rang up um, Darren kind of last minute, uh, nearly begging to give me a job, so um, <laughs> anyhow, that's the way I got him to train off to Ballarat, and um, Jeremy, Jeremy Rogers, who was his racing manager at the time, collected me at the train station, and uh, yeah, rocked on out to Ballarat Turf Club. Brilliant. Yeah, we got some good some good inside knowledge on that. I, I believe it was John O'Connor that put that that ad in the Irish paper. But as the story goes, apparently Weary was was at the Miners Rest Pub and he was drinking with a few people, and that's where he started plotting the plan to get you to ride the flat because he'd actually said this guy's going nowhere. He's after a few days like this is one of the best horsemen I've ever seen. And and Rick McIntosh, one of our great mates, famously says that Weary's the best horseman he's ever seen. So that's obviously. A, a massive push and, and since then you've been a real trailblazer to, to other Irish riders yeah look I suppose there was a few when I arrived first there was actually like Tommy Ryan was already here riding over jumps and as I said there was um, a couple of lads came out with me so like, I really only I wrote, really only rode over jumps for the first couple of seasons and then I suppose started riding out in the um, I suppose your non-tab meetings and stuff like that so yeah. it didn't happen overnight we've had like, some was, good fun at those yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, were, they were good fun and yeah. it used to be Used to be um, good meetings, good atmosphere at him, but like it certainly didn't happen overnight. I was um, um, riding around those for a few years before I suppose I really got going. Yeah, nice. Hey, in the space of a few years, you've transformed from a jumps jockey 
um, into one of the best flat riders in the world. Traditionally, jump jockeys are a little bit heavier uh, as well. So, Solsonitis wanted to know because you know we're we're pretty healthy guys. What sort of a what sort of a diet? What sort of a sh- shredding sort of uh, regime did you have to go on, or are you just naturally pretty pretty light and fit the mould of a flat rider? Yeah, look, I was never very big. I suppose for a jump jockey, I suppose like if I'd have been brought up maybe in. In it with a flat background at home, I, I probably would have gone down the the flat scene. But um, look, when I came here, I, I certainly were was heavier than what I am now. But just a bit bit of discipline, trying to trying to um, not eat too much and keep plenty of exercise. I still definitely enjoy my food, probably a bit too much. So sometimes I have to work a bit harder than than I should to get the weight off. But um, yeah, look, generally I, I don't ride too light during the week, and probably try and ride fifty five, fifty six weekends. But during the week. If you see me like riding under 57 or 58, it's normally on a pretty decent one. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. The 5-2 split, you've got, you got to be a little bit naughty sometimes a couple of days of the week. Mate, speaking of your move to Australia and and I guess like the language, I'm sure back home you've got a lot of local slang that if we heard, we'd just have absolute question marks sitting on top of our head like in Mario Kart. But can, can you think of any Aussie slang that sort of rattled you early on? Like we've got Struth. Stone the flame and crows. Fair, fair, fair I've never said stone fair. the flame and crows once in my life. Stuart by the way, it. yeah. Uh, fair income is another one that you yeah. turn around a bit. Um, look, I've I've got a I suppose a good. I can understand it now pretty well. But yeah. when I came first, especially if you, we used to go racing in the truck with maybe a few of the older lads that that were driving the trucks for Darren, and I'd really be struggling to <laughs> understand them, and they were probably un- struggling to understand me. I think. Got a lot of what's and oh yeah, and like, <laughs> you'd see some guys just nodding their head. You know, yeah. they, they know they, you, didn't, they didn't understand you, but they were just yeah. it was just easier to say yes or no. It's funny because we were obviously texting to organise today, and you even text Irish. Like I've noticed, like when you you like <laughs> you put in your little yes and your butts and yeah. things like yeah. that yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, I'll read it in John Allen's accent back on the text. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit both ways there. I reckon. Yeah, I, have to, I have to be careful when you're texting Irish people. You don't use mate or something like that. They kind of um, <laughs> well, get stuck in here, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even when I yeah, go cool. back home, I have to um, be a little bit careful what I say sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we're going to talk about a bit about your racing success now within Australia as well, and. Uh, you had we spoke about the transition from jumps to the flat, and it was only fitting that you rode your first uh, flat winner on Cox Plate Day, albeit at uh, Sananad, uh, and you rode that on board. Uh, who was the horse? Jungle Fighter was it for Dan O'Sullivan, and that was back in 2012, the day Ocean Park won the Cox Plate. Uh, do you have any memories of that day? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, it was warm, and I know that much. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I suppose I had, I had obviously ridden winners in highweights and stuff like that, and um, I had a good few winners ridden over jumps at that stage, so look, I won't say it was a personal highlight or anything like that, but I suppose <laughs> it's one that's ticked off the board, but yeah. um, I better give um, my first winner over here was a horse called Katarina, I bumped into the owners the other night, he was listening to the the interview Glenn Boss um, was doing with me, and he, he mentioned that horse, he, and he... Um, he said Jungle Fighter was Dan O'Sullivan's horse. He was saying that wasn't your first winner. You never you never mentioned my horse, so oh. he's a bit upset oh. with me. Oh, we got some fake... Do we have some fake mail? No, was- well, the, Cat- the Katarina was my first winner. That was over jumps, obviously. But oh, yeah, 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 nice. yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, I might just duck back to the jumps for a moment. We sort of... We were talking just prior to the show. Is it... 
Why isn't it fluid for jockeys between jumps and flat racing? So you're obviously, you're now the flat jockey. Is there any desire to switch between the two? Well, everyone's only got 70 jumps races in Australia, in Victoria a season, but is there any desire to flick between the two? Um, look, I certainly enjoyed when I was doing it years ago. Um, look, I'm probably just too busy on the flat now and it's probably just too high risk to be riding over jumps. Um, it's a young man's game too. I'm pushing <laughs> on in years too. Um, probably getting a bit precious and minding myself, but... Um, yeah, look, certainly admire the jump jockeys. It's a very tough gig, and um, yeah, they do a great job. Post two thousand and nineteen, and Darren Weir, you've obviously formed a successful partnership with with Kieran Maher and uh, on the track. But one night, I actually saw you blokes off the track. It was after a successful day at Caulfield for the Mar Camp and and yourself and. Uh, you guys were in a little establishment in St Kilda called the Espy, and I think you were you were drinking bottles of whiskey like they were the last bottles on earth. And uh, <laughs> obviously, there yeah, you got the good relationship with Kieran on the track, but you obviously have a good friendship off the track as well, John. Yeah, you got your mail wrong there. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think I've ever drank whiskey in my oh, life. Oh, really? Maybe it was me it's drinking bit, the whiskey. <laughs> it was tea. There was definitely yeah. a bit going on, though. <laughs> no, but obviously, I've, I've known Kieran since I've came out there. I used to write a, a bit from over jumps, obviously, before we had our um, the relationship that has, I suppose, has really taken off since since he took over Darren's place in um, Ballarat. But uh, yeah, look, Kieran is a bit of a different character, but um, I've always got on well with him. And obviously, Dave is a big part of the operation now as well and yeah look look it's certainly have a good um, personal relationship as well as a working relationship with them state of rest a neck animo very elegant late it's state of rest at the hundred animo wearing it down state of rest just in front of animo state of rest holding on state of rest i think has just won for the emerald isle from animo and very elegant then came moonga next to finish probable dallas and call sign mab long way from sinanad yeah, yeah <laughs> it certainly was, yeah. So you combine with a fellow Irishman there to win your first Cox Plate. Like, how special was that day? Because that is the race where, you know, most jockeys in Australia get interviewed, what race do you want to win? And the majority of them say the Cox Plate. Was that you in the lead-up and, and how special was it for you? Yeah, very special. Look, I suppose I grew up probably dreaming of winning the English Grand National or the Gold Cup or something like that. But look, since I've been to Australia, I suppose the two races you want to win are the... Well, originally it was probably the Grand Annual and I achieved Tick. that. So, yep. <laughs> um, um, But once I started riding on the flat, I suppose you dream of winning the Melbourne Cup or a Cox Plate. So um, to be able to achieve that was um, look unbelievable. And also on an Irish horse, probably made it a bit more special. I, I've, I actually worked for Joseph's grandfather years ago, but he, he'd have been quite young at that stage. So even to what he's achieved in his short career is um, unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to bring up the... like opinion or anything on the protest but i just want to get into your mind it's like how you felt going to the stewards room when the siren went off like were you more worried about actually having to talk against craig williams <laughs> who could talk the hand off a clock than you were actually the incident itself were you thinking like far out like this guy's an absolute solicitor <laughs> what am i gonna do <laughs> look not particularly. I, I, I would say, like, even when I crossed the line, I, I was aware I was after there was a certain interference. So it was even hard for me to really celebrate it because I knew there was yeah. going to be um, a steward's inquiry. But um, I was a little nervous. And then when I actually saw the photo image that, like, originally I thought I'd only won by the shortest of margins, but actually won by a probably long nose. So when I saw that, I thought it would be a little bit harder to, to, to get overturned. Um, 
yeah, look, Craig, he, he's obviously well able to talk. And <laughs> but, um, look, I think we've done our best in there. And um, luckily enough, the stewards saw it all way. Yeah, outstanding. And and that was that's obviously a group one, the, the biggest group one really in, in Australasia. And in terms of group ones, like your statistics in group ones are, are, are outstanding. Like over a third of your rides are placing in group ones, which is outrageous. And, you know, if you backed everything that you've ridden in a group one, over your 117 rides, you'd come out 46% richer, which is we're numbers, unbelievable. We're numbers guys. We're numbers here, guys. We've crunched yeah. the stats. And, like, they're incredible stats, and, and that's just, they're the mm. stats of a big stage operator. Is there anything you can sort of put that down to in the lead-up? Like, some people sort of, you know, footballers might lift for finals football versus home and away. Is, is there anything different in the lead-up? Yeah, look, not particularly. I'm pretty laid-back character, so maybe that helps a bit. I don't, I don't get too overexcited or worry too much about it like i do my form and study it and try and know as much as i can about every other horse in the race but um yeah i'm not sure i think i've just been lucky enough to get on the right horses at the right time and things have worked out pretty well yeah being relaxed definitely goes goes a long way to to performing under high pressure scenarios doesn't it footy it's relaxation with a little bit of that uh flapping history by the sounds of it a little bit of fight uh, yeah competitive (laughs) siblings johnny it sounds like it's a it's a little uh mixture for success there hey just flicking back onto your personal life you're obviously based in ballarat we're out here today you've you've given us the keys to the city to come in and and uh interview you your fiance is emma church who's a who's a trainer as well who's a former uh foreman for darren weir she worked um for Darren, um, yeah, I work for Robert Smorden as well, so our CV might be uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit corrupt, but, uh, yeah, yeah. She gave a stint working for Kieran and um, works works writes a bit of work for Archie Alexander at the moment as well. So yeah, she um, she really she's got a good horsey background and really enjoys working with horses as well. And it was good to see she was at uh, Mooney Valley supporting you on the day, but. Uh, she actually wasn't, was she? She was actually at Yarra Glen. She saddled up a winner, didn't she, on yeah. Cox Plate Day as well at yeah. uh, at Yarra Glen? Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think we got a picture with the Cox Plate with her horn and a horse. So um, <laughs> yeah, look, that was good. It was, she's trained a few winners now, so she's she's going quite well. But um, yeah, but I suppose getting back to the Cox Plate, it was a bit of a bummer that there wasn't any crowd there. Like probably lacked a bit of atmosphere. But um, yeah, look, you I'm could not. hear in the audio there, couldn't you? When, yeah. when we replayed it, yeah, it was. Yeah. Almost like, eerie. I know, like, obviously, I've been to, I've ridden in the Coxplay and I've been there plenty of times, you know, that atmosphere there kind of mm. beats everywhere, really. So, um, look, that was one little disappointment in the day, but... Uh, Just yeah. do it again this year, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just have to double up. Yeah. Still happy with the result. I won't take it back. Uh, speaking of the, the engagement, I'm, interesting, I'm interested to know because I'm pretty sure Footy, Footy loves, like, public proposals. I think he... Proposed to his missus on the big screen at an AFL game, didn't you? That's an absolute, was that you? That's a it, Was that you in That was in someone else. Oh, okay. <laughs> not me, not me. But how did you go about it? I'm sure it, would, it wouldn't was have it, been like key, would it, Johnny? No, I'm not, I'm not a real romantic or into, into public affection or anything like that. But uh, no, I was pretty low key. I think, uh, where do we go? Um, brought her with him again before the weekend. So oh, nice. Ca- Black Caffey, yeah. our country. Yeah. Mitchinson? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. But, um, a little bit romantic, maybe, but uh, nice. Nothing too flash. <laughs> hey, is there any desire for you to uh, make a transition into the training ranks? Obviously, Emma's involved in that, and you say you're getting on. You're still what, 37 years young, aren't you, Johnny? Yeah, I wish I was 21. But <laughs> um, yeah, look, I definitely have it. Look, I've always had an interest in training, but it's it's too hard to combine both at the moment. So, look, I feel I have plenty of years ahead of me as a jockey, and I'm happy focusing on that at the moment. 
and I don't know if I want to go back into working. It's a tough gig being a trainer. If you think we work hard, they work bloody 16 hours of the day, some of them. And, and to be competitive, and really, you really have to work hard. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I really want to go down that path. But, look, I, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I'll definitely be involved some way with horses anyhow. Probably not, wouldn't be much good at anything else. So yeah. I have to stick with that. Well, what do you do outside of, I guess, racing? Because so... Oh, my male's running at about 25% in this podcast, so I'm, I'm just going to go with it. We'll see if we can boost it. whiskey, he's drinking oh. tea. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't even at the ESPY. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're, this, you're, next, you're closer to your next uh, bullseye. Yeah. So in terms of, yeah, what you do outside of racing to, you know, involved in any sports, did you used to play some Gaelic locally in Ballarat? Oh, we played. We, got, we had a team going here one year. Yeah, we went down and um, played in the nines and in, in the sevens and the nines down in Melbourne. It's just... Actually, it's like Irish Gaelic football, so yeah, we didn't do much good. Now we got a bit of a flogging for yeah, okay. both days, but um, it was a bit of fun actually. It was, it was quite good. But um, other than that, I used to play a bit of indoor soccer, but I bloody kept getting injured, so <laughs> I had to give that away. But um, actually, got into doing a bit of mountain biking recently and cycling. So oh, nice. I live pretty close to the Creswick Woods, so there's some good trails up there. So Bunnyong. Um, yeah, I've been out there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's good. I'm, I'm no expert at it now, but yeah. it's, it's certainly passed away half a day. It's good exercise and keeps you fit. Keeps you fit. Keeps yeah. you stripped. Cycling gets yeah. the metabolism through the roof, yeah. mate. I, I was just having a look at your Twitter account before, and I saw that you said you're a lover of most sports. What do you got against cricket? Is it personal? Uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> and no, the Irish are going all right. Hate? The Irish are going all right in <laughs> cricket at the moment too. They've got a national team that's on the map. Yeah. I think I've done that when I moved to Australia just to <laughs> piss off the Aussies a bit. But um, yeah, look, it's probably not a sport I've never really, really got into. I can sit down and watch more sports, but um, cricket isn't one I've really got into. It's a good one to have on in the background that you don't really have to watch. It's a good one to have on and not watch mm. so that... That goes a long when, way. You can go for five days and still be a draw. Not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's um, not. It's not really enticing not on paper, is it? When you <laughs> yeah, think about exactly. it, but that's fair enough. <laughs> hey, we want to talk about some of your derby successes now, and uh, we call you the demolition derby at the Two Units podcast. That's what we refer to you as, and we'll cast your mind back to this one. Howard be thy name for the Irishman, John Allen, coming back in an etymology, but Howard be thy name. What a thrill for Johnny Allen. He's won a group one. It's another one for Weary. Howard be thy name beats you. Outstanding. And that was your first group one aboard Howard be thy name. That was the 2016 SA Derby. And if you just bear with me here, I'm just going to rattle off your derbies since you've actually won double figure derbies. You brought up 10, which is outrageous. So you've, you, you rode Volatile Mix. The next year in the SA Derby, Extra Brute VRC Derby, Mr. Quickie, I was on five in a three. Thanks. Great ride. <laughs> Queensland Derby, Eagle Farm, You Beauty, Russian Camelot, Explosive Jack won three derbies, and then Hatotsu's won the VRC and the ATC Derby. What what can you put that down to, like the, those particular distances? Of, like, obviously, we've just reeled off some superstar horses as well, but... You know, Explosive Jack was twenty one bucks in the ATC Derby. You know, they're not all they're not all Hotatsu profiling like that. So, is there anything you put that down to? Because clearly, a strength of yours. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've just been lucky enough, I suppose. And my record in the, in the Oaks isn't isn't any good. I don't win in Oaks. <laughs> yeah, get so, rid of the girls. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've just look. I've been lucky enough. Got on some nice horses, and I, I suppose when you get a bit of a reputation, you kind of get the rides on the better horses yeah. as, as, as you go along but um, 
yeah, lads, I said, it, it certainly rested. I've been very lucky for mine. And yeah, I can't really pinpoint anything, but um, yeah. Well, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're on the eve of the SA derby as well, which you've had probably the most success in as um, Salt's reeled off some of those names. And you ride the current uh, pre and post favourite in this year's running detonator Jack, the half-brother to Explosive Jack, well-named, um, both by Irish sire Jackalbury, came by Kieran and Dave. Um, done a terrific job to remain undefeated, three from three in his first prep. How do you rate your chances? Yeah, look, nice horse. Um, I think the field just came out this morning, actually. I, I thought we're drawing barrier 15, but I think we might come in a few a few emerges don't get in. But, um, yeah, look, he's also really like. He's a, he's a big, big raw still and still learning, but um, I think he's the right horse to go there and be competitive, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, and, and he's in the right yard. Like, usually you'd think, you know, a, a derby prep in their first prep, he's going to be fourth up in his first prep. You might think... There's some other things, some other three-year-olds with more miles in their legs and, and more preps. But there's something about Kieran and Dave with with their horses over 2,000 metres and, and the stats are there to back it up, that they just completely excel. Like you spend a lot of time with them. Can you divulge the secret? Is it like work on the sand tracks or are they are they running an extra lap? I know Moody runs an extra lap compared to the other trainers at Packenham. Like are they, mm. are they getting them fitter or? Like they do. They do, do plenty of work with them, but I, I don't think they work them overly hard they just seem to be able to pinpoint i suppose when they're 100 and if yeah. they haven't fit enough and they don't overdo it either and, and don't have them over the top so look when you're riding for the likes of kieran and david or any of the really good trainers you just have to back their judgment and go to the races with full confidence that they'll have them 100 percent on the day and i think the track record proves that they normally do yeah that's i guess that's the sport science that they're honing in on as well you mentioned like pinpointing when they're going to be right because they've got a great knack of of something being six weeks between runs and, and, and running over 10 furlongs or more and mm. and winning. So, yeah, getting them right and, and pinpointing that obviously goes a long way. Mate, we, we rattled off your derby successes there and you've you've had some massive achievements in big races in Australia. Obviously, there was the Cox Plate on State of Rest. You've had lots of success on Sierra Suing Group 1s and Australian Cup and McKinnon Stakes at Goodwood. You've won a few famous jumps races, a couple of Gallywoods, the Grand Annual, Regina Coley. Are, are there any of these that, that stand out as, as, as your crowning moment? Yeah, look, I'm not really sure. I've had a, I have don't think there's any one real highlight, but I suppose a few of them are, like, got to take care was probably the first really good horse I got on. And I used to, um, obviously, had a close association with him and I used to ride him out a lot of Darren's and I literally rode him in all his starts. So, um, yeah, he was probably one of my first real good horses. Then, obviously, to win the Grand Annual on Regina Coley and, and, and back it up again two years later, that, that was a huge thrill. Um, yeah, look, I suppose winning my first VRC Derby was probably um, that one that stands out a little bit. Just a few of my family were over for it. Well, my, my sister and my brother were over, and one of my best friends from Ireland was over on his honeymoon, and um, an uncle of mine, and a cousin of mine were over just just for the week of the racing, so that kind of stood out. There was a huge ownership group in it as well, and it really kicked off after, and it was just a great atmosphere. So, and I suppose just the fact it was on Derby Day and huge crowd there, I suppose that that's probably one that does stand out. Yeah, great one of it's our favourite day, isn't it? Derby Day, it's it's, it's the, unbelievable. It's the grand final in Australia for punters, I think. Derby yeah. Day traditionally, I yeah, yeah. So it's, it's certainly my favourite day, and talking about one of those that have had success, Hitotsu. So this this horse 
could be anything and, and you're going to play a huge part in that and uh we hate the early crow at two units we don't like knowing that but you've got you've got you know the hues and the winks and the bossies and the maccabees and all those sorts of things could this be the uh alan Hitotsu? yeah i'm not sure but um Hopefully, um, you're too modest. We, 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 you can throw the modesty out the door here at uh, on the pod, mate. If Kieran and Dave said you have to sit through a five day test match and watch every ball <laughs> to keep the right on Hatotsu, would you? I'd probably be happy enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we know you like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is he different? Is he different gravy for, for some Aussie slang there for you, Hatotsu? Yeah, look, I think so. Look, he's just, I suppose, he's. He's got that bit of class, like um, he still has to measure up. Like he's he's only racing his own age category at this stage, so he's he's going to have to step up again next prep. But um, we we do believe he's there's plenty of improvement on him. He, he won the guineas in the Derby in the autumn on on a soft track, which I definitely think he's he's going to be a lot better when he meets a firmer deck. So um, yeah, he's certainly want to. Get excited about him. I'm excited about him. Yeah. That's, that's as good a push as I reckon we're going to get from Johnny today. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm he's, excited. He's not willing to sit through the Boxing Day <laughs> test. Yeah. Or he is willing to yeah. ride him. So I, that's pretty good. I'm also excited to know just about the jockey's room. Because I know, like, knowing a few jockeys and, and you hear some stories that, you know, there's some bandits among the mix. There's, there's, some peop- there's some people in there that like to have a good time. In the jockey's room, like, who are the blokes that are, that are getting up to the most mischief or, or being a real pain in the arse in a in a fun way between races yeah look most of them are pretty good um i like even when when you go to the country meetings it's probably more a bit more relaxed and you can have a bit more fun sometimes the big race days lads get a bit more serious but yep. um most of them are probably trying to pull the piss out of me and my, my <laughs> accent most of the times um possum who does the valentine for us he he can be a bit of a menace sometimes but um yeah look most, most of them are most of them are pretty good to get on I, Tinker get on pretty well with all of them. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. Um, till yeah. you leave the room. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Hey, mate, we are um, we are going to just go through. We like to finish our podcast with just some quick fire questions as well, and you just got to fire off what first comes to mind. We call it the heavy ten. So there's just ten quick fire questions for you, and uh, going to kick it off. So favorite food. Lamb. I had lamb last night. It must have been curry. <laughs> ice cream, maybe, in a warm day. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Lamb and ice cream. <laughs> Best way to celebrate a good day in the saddle? Um, having a few drinks with mates. Lovely. How do you usually spend... Our friends, mates. Is awesome. Mate. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll clip this up, send it back home. You'll never be allowed back. <laughs> How do you usually spend a day off? And, and I mean, aside from talking to two bullheads from Melbourne. <laughs> um, driving my missus mad, maybe. <laughs> um, Full-time I, I, job. I, yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty... I don't like... I'm not big for sitting around, not doing much. I like to probably get out and do something. Or... On the mountain bike knees, though. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of. Um, yeah. Have you got a favourite track to ride at? Morpheville. Morpheville? Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, good memories there. Mm. Yeah. We love Morpheville too. Good juju at the moment too. Nick calls himself the mayor of Morpheville, you reckon? <laughs> He's been there once. <laughs> <laughs> to the park. <laughs> yeah, to the park. <laughs> what about your least favourite track? Oh, Mornington. Mornington. It's yeah. a hamster. It's a, bit of a hamster. it's a bit of a yeah. hamster yeah. wheel down there, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. And maybe, it's pretty far it's, away. Yeah, far everything's, away. it's just everything's, yeah, it's just got to... <laughs> Oh, we'll remember that on Mornington Guineas Day. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be there. Yeah, lay Alan. Bounce out there too. I've been there once or twice. Oh, okay. Just too far away. <laughs> Best horse you've ever ridden? 
Well, I did win a race and very elegant. Mm. Oh, that's a good race. Yeah. What about um, your favourite sport outside of racing? Gaelic hurling. Hurling. That mm. goes off, doesn't it? They get massive crowds. Mm. And if you were to do karaoke, what would be your go-to song that you'd, that you'd love to sing? I know Robbie Dolan, so uh, <laughs> no. I've, if you heard me singing, you'd uh, <laughs> well, you'd turn we, off the microphone fairly quick. So we <laughs> we thought you might have actually had him covered. It could have been a hidden talent, but uh, you were just like you just, you just wanted to give him one. I stay um, well away from the karaoke bars now. I reckon you got him on the track, so you let him have the karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> well, I failed on the whiskey front. So what's your poison of choice? Magnus. Magnus cider. It's an it's a cider. Oh, Irish cider. Oh, apple. Yeah, apple. Uh, yeah, it's an apple. Yeah, <laughs> nice one, nice one. Yeah, good. And uh, yeah, go, go. Yeah, go. your sickest beat. Race wise, like which mm, race yeah, you reckon yeah. should have won? Mm. Uh, yeah, um, I rode a horse, oh, brave smash one day, and the bloke won around Caulfield. Oh, probably should have yeah, won it. I'm yeah, taking oh, okay. Willow, Willow won it on. Uh, the the good Godolphin horse. What's his name? There's a few of them. The horse he's run against Winks. He, oh, came, Hart- he, Hart- Hart- yeah, he came around yeah. me and put me in a pocket down the side and oh. I should have just waited a gap open. Yeah, but anyhow, I should have yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're, we're really happy to, to end on that note and, and, and bring up that bad memory for you after <laughs> after all these good things have happened. So you can go home remembering that. I love that Hartnell's known as that horse. Winks <laughs> just always beat him. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Right. Yeah, hey, oh, too good. Yeah, mate, thanks so much for your time today it's but oh, we've had we've had fun coming out to the rat being able to to talk to you and and good luck on the so, on so the eve of sa derby as well the sun even came on for you today oh, yeah. lucky boys aren't you beautiful, day, beautiful. Yeah. it's only like <laughs> four, it's about four degrees outside <laughs> yeah. it's it's pretty, because it's similar weather to back home yeah no no the, the fun for the weather we moved there anyhow but uh, yeah. yeah we that, we always end the we always end with like a bit of an outro song and we're just trying to think who's the best irish band of all time and well, it's the cause, isn't it? Yeah, good choice. <laughs> good choice. Johnny, thanks, thanks so coming, much Johnny. for your time, mate. Thanks we really appreciate it. And good luck with the rest of the SA Carnival. Yep, thank you. All the best. Slowly.